Hi, this is Day for Night with Caridad Switch, a series that looks at the intersection between theater and poetry in the edgelands in the wilderness. In today's episode, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from a piece I've read before, but um, it's a piece I've just been thinking about. <laughs> A lot. Uh, sometimes that happens as a writer, where you just kind of things you've written in the past, uh, especially things that have not been um, necessarily public-facing uh, officially, kind of just are still part of your consciousness, and so they're they haven't been out of the world, in other words, um, and so you kind of they're still in your brain, and you're trying to wrestle with them. So. There's a play of mine called This Thing of Ours that um, I've just been thinking about a lot and probably because it feels like in many ways we're living in the world of that play uh, globally, I would say. Um, uh, so I just want to read from the, the last movement, section from the last movement of that play. And... Um, in a prior episode of this podcast, I described this play as being one about living in the aftermath of a horrific event, or in the case of the play, it's clearly marked as a terrorist attack, not domestic. But I think that is a metaphor for how to live in the aftermath of violence, but a, a cataclysmic or catastrophic violence in society, and also simply just how to uh, reckon with a, a huge disruption uh, that affects not just one individual, but a collective. Uh, and if we think of the possibility of a collective, in a global sense, people, then uh, a disruption in that way. So I think like the pandemic is a global disruption. It's disrupted order. It's disrupted kinds of orders. It's also exposed what those orders are. A lot of those orders are made of and how they're built and so forth. But it's disrupted everything, right? So I think that, in a sense, it's led to a place of examination and um, turmoil and volatility and vulnerability and exposure and depression and all those things. So in this play, I sort of examine what that feels like, what that landscape of being disrupted feels like uh, for a collective. Um, so, but this is a section that's towards the end of the play, and it's actually set in the future, in the future after this disruption. And I'll begin. I woke up, and it was, I woke up, and it was, I woke up, and it was. Bells, sirens, windows, rattling. I turned, we turned, we looked, we hid, we worried, light turning dark again, 
But no, no, just a drill. Emergency drill, like being in school, like being in war, like being left behind at the school picnic and wondering why you feel so alone. We thought we'd be used to this by now, always need to be ready for catastrophe, said in cheery tones. And we get coffee, grumbling mad, mischievous, aching, our bones bellowing, craving the weight of ordinary days. What stories will we tell at bedtime tonight? Are you looking at your watch? It's half past everything. Forget it. Day's over before it's begun. Coffee and smoothie and out we go. Barely time for anything, not even the news. But later, later, sitting at our desks, standing at our counters, waiting in the hallways, leaning against the walls, we think, what were we dreaming about before the bells, sirens, lights? What were the stories we had read to ourselves at bedtime? I remember one about Antigone, a woman says. I remember one about some man in an accident, slammed into a vehicle, lost his memory. I remember one about a young boy and a dare, and a friend who walked away, cursing at him and the world. I remember one about a friend with whom I lost touch. A friend who told awful jokes. A friend whose name lives in a book of the names of the dead. Although we won't say his name. No, we won't. Not out loud. I remember they said this friend was not a friend, but someone who perhaps carried hatred in his heart. But how am I to know? How are we ever to know? Memory is slippery. Memory is untrustworthy. Memory has no time for us. And yet, I remember one about a woman who wanted to fall in love but wouldn't let herself. I remember one about a filmmaker who wanted to record time. I remember one about a book made of names, only of names. I remember one about going to church and being forgiven for all sins. I remember one about a park, a small park, and skinny birds. I remember one about this, this thing, this mess of life, this fire of shame, this storm of plenty. I remember dreaming before there were dreams, before the smoke rose and the ashes gathered at our feet and tears fell in waves. I remember friends, having friends, thinking they were my friends when we were at work in data data management, in documents, in archives, in the catalog rooms before catalogs became obsolete and everything became air 
like this. I remember a friend speaking to me of gardens that would one day blanket the city where bullets and bombs once had been, and how these gardens would be made of sand and stone and purple flowers. Purple like morning, he said, because in some countries, color of morning is this, and it is like a glorious bruise all over the earth. I am wearing a purple shirt. I am wearing the clothes of someone I once knew. I am wearing smoke. The day has barely begun. My veins are purple blooms. My heart is racing. My lungs are learning a new song like this. And sometimes I ask, am I meant for such days? And there is this laugh that echoes from the blast from that day. And the laugh is warm, not cruel, warm, like a flute, like a cello, like an animal being soothed with warm milk, like a bird being released into the evening air. And it says without warning, without any kind of anything to its name, you are loved. You are here. You are made of signs. You are made of light. You are made of darkness. You are wind and trees and rain, even the rain you curse at. You carry the rain on your skin ever since that day. Maybe even before that day, when we looked out the window, when we wrestled with time, when we declared our passions were foolish, when we wanted to go home. And that's from this thing of ours, which right now, I think the only place you can find it, well, maybe you can find it on Amazon, but I'm pretty sure you can find it on New Play Exchange if you're curious about the whole thing. And I'm going to round out today's episode with um, a work in translation. I think it's about time. No, we touched on Lorca a little bit, but I think it's about time we start kind of putting work in translation into this sphere. Um, so uh, the Lark, which is a play development center in New York City, uh, has been doing a collaboration with Mexico for about uh, 10 years or so. Um, it's called the U.S.-Mexico Exchange. And basically what it is, is um, at its simplest level, it's uh, Mexican playwrights come to New York um, and their plays are translated by uh, U.S. Latinx playwrights, although not always Latinx playwrights, um, playwright translators. Um, and then those translations are worked on for about 10 days or so. Uh, and then with actors and a director, uh, there are readings of them. And then the writer-translator uh, 
keeps refining the translation. Uh, so it's a workshop for the translation, basically, but it's also for the original writer to be part of that process, which doesn't always happen, by the way. So, uh, so with no passport, which is uh, uh, an alliance that I founded uh, in 2003, uh, we've been publishing many, many plays and over the years, uh, and I published a series of translations from the U.S.-Mexico exchange, and hopefully we'll publish more, which I'd certainly like to. There's a wealth of material, um, and right now it's uh, fairly inaccessible. Uh, so the first one that I'll read from uh, for today's episode is from a play called Sky on the Skin. In Spanish, it's called El Cielo en la Piel. It's by Edgar Chias, and it's translated by Migdalia Cruz. And I'm just going to read from the opening of the play, which is titled, In the Beginning, In the beginning, you have to tell the truth, to speak, to tell it. You cannot, it takes work. Breathe and save your breath because you'll run out because it'll escape through that stupid wound that is your open mouth. Bang, bang, bang of the drive, slow and lifeless. More precisely, bang, 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 a stubborn counterpoint. Wait until they notice you, till you're chosen. It's not your turn. Breathe and quick goes your chest pain. Exhale and phew. You'd like to imagine. Eyes glued to the high ceiling, soft white, like an operating room, illuminated by those burning eyes that don't look at you, but bathe you or splash you. They lick you with their sharp tongues, cracked by the wetness of your half-open eyes. A buzzing silence throbs in your left ear. The other doesn't respond. You leave it alone. A screeching warmth opens up your flat chest, spreads out and stains your wounded, dirty shirt. Warns you that... You, your skin, and your flesh are leaving you colder each time. And the fluctuating drive that endures and fits and starts doesn't let you go into the blackness of the dream that claims you. Breathe, you like to imagine. Quick, breathe, deep pain, deep pain, deep pain. Breathe and whoosh, you slip. Close your eyes, a distant and piercing pee that stays behind with one foot planted in the living room like a useless anchor that neither holds you back nor makes you return. Long-haired silkiness of the night or something that seems to engulf you. The space of nothingness which silhouettes brilliantly, clearly. The objects invented by the oscillating delirium of your broken memory. You'd like to imagine... Flashing, the images come to your eyes that, even when closed, can't stop seeing. You shake your head at nothing. Here they are. 
You don't want to see them, and you can't do anything about it. There they are. They are there. There are your bare feet running through morning's frozen pasture. There are the eager hands of the guy rummaging through your crotch between your legs. The road to your house, nocturnal, graveled. In the one-eyed view of a dim lamp, the confusion, the tearing that guided you and your desperate cries in the night, there is no air. Better to divert. Zoom, divert, zoom, divert. You escape, enjoying the emptiness that stands on end and that melts inside, outside, beside you. You go off, of course. Echo, echo, echo. But you return. And it's the hard and alien hand in your choking mouth. Your panties lost in your throat. The fists pounding the face. That thing entering and exiting, plunging into you, into your viscera. That voice silenced. You're wet, you're wet. You're wet, little bitch. You're wet. You need air. Burning. Oppression in the throat. Burning. Something breaks you. It breaks. It is bursting. That's from Sky on the Skin, El Cielo en la Piel, by Edgar Chias, translated by Migdalia Cruz, published by No Passport Press, available on Amazon and other online retailers. In a bilingual edition, by the way. Uh, so, that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. As always, this is about you and I here in this theater. You there in the dark. And I here wondering who you are. If you wish to click on the listener support button, please do. And thanks for listening today for night. <laughs>